Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. to see also i'm kate jinx and i am Brody lancaster jinxie i need to hear all about your glamorous activities from the weekend yeah i decided to be a decadent little baby on the weekend a lady um, of leisure lady oh leisure i booked in for a massage i got a last minute massage at sense of self in collingwood and managed to get an hour-long massage and a half hour gua sha facial i love the massages there but i have never gotten gua sha before well uh, i'm very curious i've thought about buying the tools for myself i haven't had a facial or anything done to my face in a major way since 1994 five when I went to Bali with my family and my mum and sister and I all got a facial and I remember it as one of the most excruciating things I have ever gone through. I have a very, very high pain threshold. And a relaxing facial tipped you over oh the edge. Oh my God. It was so painful. I can still feel it. Was it like extractions? Why was it so painful? It's just like an intense massage or something yeah. in the face. Anyway. And so I've been too scared, but then this time, I don't know, it just, it became available and I thought, why the hell not? And it was delightful. Yeah, did it convert you? Yeah, it was very good. You look great. Oh, thank you. You always look great, but knowing you just had something done for the first time in 25 years. Yeah, it was great. I was like, oh, I'll have this done again. Thank you very much. Anyway, shout out to Lev who did the massage and the facial. He was a dream. Oh, my God. Remember on Roni when um, we met Carol Radzewell's friend who was doing like facial massage and getting the women to like roll their jaws around? Yes. And like Luann borrowed dresses from her husband or something. That's right. I always remember when like the vampire facial entered the like Rehoboha territory Mm -hmm. in particular. Mm -hmm. They were all very into getting that like blood recirculated. Plasma or something. Yeah, Yeah. I don't know. I don't even know how it works. Me neither. Anyway, I have stayed away, but uh, I think I might be visiting. Yeah, the new you Mm -hmm. might not stay away. But yeah, that was really... Really great. I'm glad you did that. Did you do anything decadent this weekend? Well, this past weekend, I got, I also got something semi painful done to my face. I got a little baby tox. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to mention it on the podcast because I feel like if you talk about getting any kind of injectables, it becomes your brand. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I have a fear of, of it. Yeah. Um, I had a fear of mentioning it on my Instagram, mm-hmm. um, but I love my facialist my nurse injector clinician friend Felicity West 
shout out, highly recommend. She's a very light touch. She really wants you to stay expressive and be able to move your face if that is what you desire, which I do. I am a little bit of a baby when I get it. And right before she injected me, I said, oh, wait, I forgot to ask if you could give me some numbing cream. And she goes, it's too late for that. You (gasps) needed to ask half an hour ago. Oh, no. Is it painful? I find it quite painful. Okay. Um, And I find I get more, I think I amp myself up about it. And so it probably just hurts more because I'm expecting it to maybe but she did give me a little ice roller which by the end I think was kind of like when you give a baby a lollipop when it's getting a needle like it's just a distraction really Mm. but I got to play with my little ice roller and pretend that it was numbing me at all like how Sutton uses her roller to calm herself down exactly (laughs) wait that was a bad Sutton exactly (laughs) I can't do it I can't do it you've got it in you that Um, hurt my feelings (laughs) (laughs) Oh, are you that girl? (laughs) I have been thinking about it and it does, for Mariah Girl, makes me feel very bad about myself for even considering it, which is ridiculous. Last week we talked all about abortions and, you know, being pro-choice and, you know, activism in general. And now we're talking about baby talks Mm -hmm. and decadent gua sha facials. (laughs) We contain multitudes. But being on Zoom for three years, it does really make you reconsider how you are appearing in the world in a way that I... There have been a million articles about it, but it's the truth. When the only non-masked area of your face is the one that you're like fixating on as well. Totally. It's like you can brighten up your appearance, but there comes a point when there's no brighten left. (laughs) I had the same kind of experience like 10 years ago now when I decided I was going to start shaving my armpits again. And I was like, does this make me less of a feminist? We all go through it. We all go through it. Our hair is our politics, I guess. Mine is still hairy. Yeah, same, because that's mostly because I'm lazy. Yeah, what else? I went to the footy yesterday. Um, I love that you're back on your footy game. I'm a jock again. Lockdown took it out of me for a while there, but I'm back, baby, and yesterday was a perfect day to spend three hours at the G. I went with my friend Sarah. We haven't watched a footy game together, I think, in like over three years. We sat really close to the boundary, behind the bench, so I got to see players from my team come on and off. I got to see them like talking to each other, which was a real thrill. And we won. It was a glorious weekend in Melbourne. The sun was out. It was like cold, but like not rainy in the slightest. So it was really great. I got lots of steps in. My Apple watch was pinging all day. We went down to the boundary and like waved at the place as they signed footies for little kids. I get very like fan behavior at the footy, which is really fun. That's really sweet. Yeah, I like it. I'm a little baby jock. No, I love it. So I don't really know the rules, but I have a great time. I should say the reason why I had the massage and facial situation is I have not stopped working really recently. Yeah. But one thing I did was I went into a bookshop on the weekend Mm. And had a browse and it was so delightful. At that stage, I didn't know that I was going to have the massage. It was like a very last minute booking that became available. So I went, I thought that that was my moment of like calm. Leisurely just strolling. I I bet I could have 10 minutes in this bookshop. And I bought the new Sheila Hetty book, Pure Colour. And I was really excited. And I thought maybe I could carve out an afternoon. But as soon as I got home, it just went on top of like an already unread book pile oh yeah 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 I've got my I've got my bedside book pile I've got my maybe later this year book pile and then I've got the rest (laughs) yeah I yeah and when I was at the bookshop I had that awful thing awful recognition of seeing titles on the shelves and going oh I have that at home and I still haven't read it yeah yeah Mm. I just finished reading a book that I bought like a week ago, two weeks ago that I've been waiting to come out. And I just started it on Thursday and finished it today. And it's Monday. And I don't remember the last time that a book came out. I bought my copy. I read it in like five sittings and then it was done. Oh, that's yeah. And I could like be a part of the conversation of like reviews and like posting about it on my Instagram. I don't know what the conversation is. Have you ever been in a book club? No, because I always told myself I was a slow reader and that I couldn't keep up the pace of a book club. We talked about it at the maybe the first episode of the podcast, my little spreadsheet, where I like tracked the things that I did every day. And I'm still going. It's been half a year now that I've been doing it. And I jot down what I'm reading every day that I get any reading done so I can see like 
if I'm particularly busy or tired or whatever, if there's like a seven or nine day stretch where I haven't read anything, it kind of prompts me to pick up my book again. And so now I have all this data in my spreadsheet and I can see that like my, on average, it only takes like six sittings to finish a book, which is very reassuring for someone who has, like I've told myself I'm a slow reader for the last, I don't know, 10 or 15 years. I love that you've got the analytics to back all this up. <laughs> you should see my graphs, baby. I will one day. One day I'll be let in. Yeah. You can get through Sheila. You're- I'll get through Sheila. I love Sheila. I'll get through it. I just, yeah. um, September is my time for reading. I was going to say, this is, this is not the moment for leisure, unfortunately. No, it's not. I'm not going to call you a girl boss. I'm not going to. I'll go on. Call me a girl well, boss. I'm thinking it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I say that I have just been working, but I have also been watching a few things, BL. Have you been watching a lot of stuff too? We've just gotta. We just gotta. Can't help ourselves. <laughs> I just gotta. Girl can't help herself. I have been going further down the Austin Butler rabbit hole. Do tell. <laughs> I knew this was going, BL. I knew. I. I don't know. I get very flustered thinking about him. It's really <laughs> silly. It's a very basic interest. It's like when I watched The Dressmaker and I was like, Liam Hemsworth, a wooga. Is anyone <laughs> talking about this kid? It's, yeah, just like a really chiseled white man. It's such a basic interest, but I mean, I'm here. I can't <laughs> help myself. I rewatched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'd only seen it the one time when it came out at the cinema. And so it was quite nice to, I mean, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but it was really nice to have the relaxing experience of watching it, not feeling like I was about to watch Margot Robbie be slashed to death the entire time. And I didn't really, I mean, I took notice of Austin Butler the first time around because he was very deep in that role of Tex and he was spooky as hell and also had that like desperation of trying to be like baby Charlie Manson. But this time keeping an eye out for him, he's riding horses. He's still got a deep voice. It wasn't just for Elvis. I can confirm now it was there long before. <laughs> long hair, scraggy facial hair, his commitment to the role. I mean, he's a star. <laughs> I yeah look I have I don't love that film I have to say there's so much about it that I do love but I was the ending had been spoiled for me when I saw it the first time so I was watching it not waiting for the murder of Sharon Tate mm. but the murder of the perpetrators mm-hmm. and did not did not like what I saw yeah there were so many people in the cast that I didn't really notice the first time around. Like one of those perpetrators is I think Mikey Madsen is her name. She plays the eldest daughter of Pamela Adlon in Better Things. And yeah, there's just so many little faces that pop up. Maya Hawke from Stranger Things. Oh, yep. Obviously Lena Dunham and Margaret Qualley. A lot of Nepo babies. Harley Quinn Smith, Kevin Smith's daughter, is one of the Manson girls. Wait, now I think about it, they're all children of famous people. Yeah, I guess they are. Except Brad and Leo. Well, yeah, so maybe the Manson... The Manson girls. girls. Kind of, maybe that was the Did reason. anyone ever ask Quentin Tarantino about this on the press tour? This is something. Or maybe it's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's something. It's, it's always something. It's always something. I also started watching The Carrie Diaries. Yeah, I'm a complete... I mean, I'm not going to go back because he was in a lot of, like, Disney Channel, Nickelodeon-esque shows. You don't need to. But in, I think it was the GQ profile of him, because I'm reading everything as well. He mentioned, like, I wanted to do more than just be the guy who, like, walks down the school hallway in slow motion. Like, he's very, he was has been cast in very female gaze roles as a young actor. And I was like, hmm, I want to see some of these slow motion entrances. And, you know, I started watching The Carrie Diaries. It's... Not a great show. It shouldn't be 40-minute episodes, I'll tell you that much. It kind of feels like Baby Younger or something. And who who is the young Carrie? Anna Sophia Robb is her name. Oh, I do not know. Yeah, I remember hearing her name a lot when the show was coming out, which is like almost a decade ago now, and not since. Uh, <laughs> whatever that means. I mean, I know that like a Samantha prequel kind of comes into it in the second season. I'm only two episodes in. I feel like I've watched a whole season of this. The episodes feel very long. Yeah. When I look, I feel like I missed this show. When did it 
When was it on? 2013 and 14. Okay. The premise is, oh my God, there's like a bit of a connection to our um, Warhol episode because the premise of it is that Carrie's mother has just died. She's living in Connecticut with her dad and her younger sister, Dorit, which is what Kathy Hilton calls Dorit. (laughs) (laughs) And she's in high school. She's got like a couple of best friends, one of them who's dating a guy who you immediately know is gay, but he doesn't maybe and she doesn't and I think maybe Carrie becomes kind of like his best friend but they are obsessed with interview magazines specifically Rob Lowe in a recent issue like because it's in the 80s a recent issue of interview and Carrie gets an internship in Manhattan the new man I've fallen in love with is Manhattan she says in one episode which is (laughs) absolutely (laughs) unreal and she has this purse and while she's shopping for tights to wear to work one day, this woman grabs the bag and is like, oh my God, your purse, I need to shoot it for interview magazine. And like takes her to a restaurant where she like meets a gay person for the first time. And they're like, honey, it's not the first time. And then I assume they're all doing cocaine, but we don't see it because it's the CW. And then she's like on a shoot for interview magazine. Okay. Where I think she's about to get an internship. I think that's the premise of the show is that it's a little like double life. 13 going on 30 slash younger, but it's Carrie. Okay. I feel like you will watch it. And I don't have to. Oh, do not. Kate, you do not have the time. Okay, good to know. I'm not I'm not assigning this to you. <laughs> just checking, just checking. I also am a completist. Yeah, well, I'll just recap you okay, good. as I go. But I've got to be honest, I don't think there's going to be much to say. Well, you're just in it for the butler, right? I really am. I also, I was like, let's keep it equal. Olivia de Jong, de, de Jong who played Priscilla, she was also in The Visit, this horror movie from like 2015 where she played like a young teenage girl who is sent with her little brother to stay with her grandparents, who her mother left home as a teenager, mother played by Catherine Hahn, left home as a teenager, and these children have never met their grandparents before. And all this eerie stuff starts happening, and the little girl wants to make it, the little girl, Olivia de Jong, wants to make a documentary about her meeting her grandparents for the first time. And it's an M. Night Shyamalan movie. I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah, I remember the trailer for this. I did not see it. And that's the thing. I saw the trailer where there's a moment where Catherine Hahn goes, wait, those aren't my parents. So I'm watching the movie knowing that the whole time. And then that's like the third act twist. Oh. Is that these creepy, kooky old people aren't really the grandparents. But you know that. I was like, I knew that going in. Did we all not know that going in? I remember like adult nappies appearing in that trailer. Oh, do you remember that? They yeah. appear. Oh boy, do they appear. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember going, oh I, don't, oh, I don't need to see that one. It's kind of like, it has a similar uh, vein to the recent Thai West movie X, where it uses like, an old lady wandering around and taking her clothes off as like the most disgusting, horrifying thing on earth, which is cool. (laughs) Devastating. That's my recap of my Elvis rabbit hole. Um, On the M. Night Shyamalan tip, he was the president of the jury at the Berlin Film Festival this year. And I got to tell you, it was a joy to see him walking around. Really? Yeah, I was like, oh, it's M. Night. (laughs) So so he's awarding the best films he's not like curating anything right no so he led a panel of judges to choose the best film of the competition and the best film of the competition was Alcaraz which I thought should have won well he's got great taste well yes I mean he could have been outvoted we don't know but uh (laughs) yeah it was really fun to see him like walking around Berlin I don't know that would be fun I feel like he'd be a good hang he seemed it. Yeah. yeah. He's kind of, I, I imagine talking to him would be kind of like when, like late in the kick on when everyone's just like talking absolute shit, he'd be really engaged. I didn't see Old when it came out and I really want to see that film. I love Vicky Creeps and I feel like that is my excuse to see that film. I want to see Old too. Oh, we should do it. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Future episode. <laughs> hey, I've got... A way that Austin Butler works into something I've been watching. Tell me. Kind of. Tell me more. Well, I just started watching the new season of Only Murders in the Building. Uh Uh-huh. Did you like the first one? Wait, it's out, the new season? Yeah, yeah. The first two episodes just dropped. 
Oh my gosh. Well, they're I, airing, as I said last week. Yeah, they're, they're on air. They're live on air. Um, I loved the first season. I thought I was going to get rid of my Disney Plus subscription earlier this year. And so I stayed in one weekend and just watched all of that first season. And then I ended up keeping my subscription. Yeah, I mean, that's the way they get you. Yeah. New season is out. Disney oh. Plus has the best search tools of any streaming app. I have a lot of issues with the UX on these apps. Oh, so do hey, I. Hey, I'm looking at you. Mm-hmm. Binge has a very bad search uh, strategy. We've also discussed this off air before, but Binge's recommendations for <laughs> like... <laughs> I oh, love it. You finished watching, um, you know, book club... We're going to start playing Galaxy Quest or something. No, that's not what it is. It's like Gattaca or something that's still sitting there going, do you want to finish this? I was like, I never wanted to fucking start it. I know. I was watching like something like, and just like that, or an old episode of Sex and City. And it was like, do you want to watch? And then just started and it was Kundun. And do you know what? I watched an hour and a yeah. half of Kundun. And it was like being back in like childhood television era where you just watch whatever's on. And it's yeah. like, oh, well, what movie's on at 8.30? Yeah. Yeah. I got, I, I went from, from Barry to um, BMX Bandits. That's recently. Yeah. I mean, although if you've seen Barry season three, maybe there's a thematic link. No spoilers. But no, it was it was an old season of Barry, and now I just have BMX Bandit sitting there on my binge homepage, going, "Do you want to finish this? Because we're going to keep it here forever." Well, that's the thing. I was like, "Has Quindon ruined my algorithm?" Not that it's a bad film, of course, but like, is it what I'm really watching on binge? Yeah, it wasn't mm. a conscious choice. It was not a conscious choice. <laughs> no, I did not consent to that. Okay, but Only Murders. Only Murders in the Building is just the coziest of cozy, cozy shows. It's I really so enjoy it. During a dark time, I started many years ago, I got very into the British crime show Agatha Raisin. I don't know if you're familiar. I've never heard of Agatha. It's like a woman kind of modeled off Samantha. Uh, she's like a sex in the city, Samantha. <laughs> yeah, she's like a fashion PR agent from London. She was always wearing heels. Uh, <laughs> she moves. That's how to, you know she works in PR. Exactly. She moves to the country to this like very quaint British village. Sure. And all of a sudden there are murders, and she decides to solve them basically. And then every so often, her gay from London comes and visits. This sounds like my ideal show, honestly. <laughs> it's really fun. The it's more so you say fun. about it, the more sold I am. Yeah, look, you probably have to watch it now on one of those weird acorn streaming channels Brit or box. something. Britbox. But uh, it's probably like doing the round somewhere. I watched it on like ABC iView at, at the time. I want to meet Agatha and her clacky mules. <laughs> you really love it. It's really fun. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's a C also for Only Murders. But okay. I just wanted to bring up that there's a new character in Only Murders this season and it's Cara Delevingne and I cannot stand oh. Cara Delevingne. Cara. Yeah, she can just play this like one weird like, I don't know, like meta, like very OTT like cuddle puddle lesbian, like that mm. is her vibe off screen and on. And it's like she's really trying to act, but mm. it's just not landing. So it comes off in this kind of goofy, bad way. Yeah. She was very good in Her Smell, I have to say. I never watched Her the Smell. Alex Ross Perry starring Elizabeth Moss. Um, but also that film was all about Elizabeth Moss. I was going to say it's an Alex Ross Perry film. Of course it's all about Elizabeth Moss. Yeah. And it also had, oh, what's her name? Agnes Dean. Agnes Dane. Agnes Dane. We love Agnes around <laughs> we here. We love Aggie. But Cara, Ooh, yeah, not so much. Cara, I just can't with the switch to acting. Also her interiors, also a lot about her. Yeah. When we she got to... bacon tattooed on the sole of her foot. We've got to discuss her home at some point in a future episode. A near future episode. But uh, yes, anyway, so that's the only thing that is the drawback from me, but very much enjoying it. Uh, Selena Gomez has really upped her already fantastic sweater game every episode. Loving that. Her gold hoops are my You're I mean, inspo. I still haven't been able to find the perfect pair like like she has, but I will continue searching. They're very good. Well, watching her in this has made me want to rewatch Jim Jarmusch's The Dead Don't Die, which features a young Austin Butler. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. 
I realized today I never saw that movie either and it has been on my to watch list for a very long time. I really enjoyed it. Maybe I'll do it tonight. It honestly. was harshly critiqued at the time and I thought it was doing something really fun and special. Mm. I'm a, you know, ride or die Jamush fan. Mm. I even went to the diner where it was shot, you know, like but by accident, I have to say. <laughs> but then it was like, hey, didn't the zombie enter there? Um, <laughs> it has an incredible true. cast, right? It's like, is it Chloe Sevigny, Adam Driver? Yeah. Austin Butler, all the big names. All, all those names. <laughs> Tilda Swinton, his wife, Sarah Driver, who is a very, very good filmmaker in her own right. I love her films. Adam Driver's wife uh, or Jim Jarmusch's wife? No, Jim Jarmusch's oh. wife, Sarah Driver. Well, that's confusing now that I think of it. But, uh, yeah, no, Sarah plays a zombie paired up with Iggy Pop as a zombie. It's oh, very good. Man. It's I fun. Mean, Iggy, I wonder how much time he had in makeup. Probably not much. <laughs> Probably not that much. I have a little C also for, um, I guess, Austin Butler. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go. Um, Kate, your friend and one of our listeners, Rosie, sent me a link after listening to last week's episode, knowing that I'm a butthead and that maybe I would be interested in listening to the River Cafe London podcast, which I didn't even know existed before this. But is there anything I would love more than like a podcast made by the cafe whose recipes I turn to when I want to make the best salsa verde, for example. So I knew from his GQ profile, which I mentioned earlier, I'll link it in the show notes. It's great. That Did you just do an Austin Butler impersonation? No, that was just I'll me. I'll link it in the show notes. That was just my voice. <laughs> oh my God. He's seeping in. <laughs> I wish. Um, he, I knew from the GQ profile that after filming Elvis, he was in London for a while. I didn't realize it was like a year. And they just mentioned offhandedly, like he found himself or he, he started going to Ruthie Rogers, the chef from River Cafe's house to play cards every Sunday night. And I was like, what the fuck? And I Googled both their names and saw photos of her on the red. Like she came to the red carpet of the London premiere of Elvis and he's like hugging her. It was very sweet. But Rosie sent me this podcast where Ruthie Rogers interviews, I guess, like friends and customer, like famous customers of the cafe And the way that she describes him on this podcast is so adoringly. She's like, he is an artist. He is a singer. He is a poet. And he is my family. She's like, he came over every Sunday night. We cooked. We ate together. We played cards for 39 Sundays in a row. Never missed one. Wow. I don't even see my own friends that much. No. They truly are family. And in part of this podcast... He, in his Austin Butler voice, just read aloud the recipe for, like, grilled peaches with amaretto and vanilla. And it was like, (laughs) preheat the oven to 190 degrees Celsius. Remove the stones from the peaches. Like, it was insane. When Harry Styles read aloud, like, a short story for the Calm Meditation app a couple years ago, I was sent it at least a dozen times. And I listened to it, and I was like, yeah, this is lovely to listen to Harry Styles, like, honey voice in my ear. Austin Butler reading out a recipe for peaches and vanilla. Uh, Oh, mama. (laughs) Anything else you've been watching? Yeah, I have caught up on Housewives Ultimate Girl Strip Season 2 Ex-Wives Club. Another show that I love that you watch, so I do not have to. You do not have to. It is Dorinda at her absolute worst. It is... Drinking. Uh, drinking and controlling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like there's a... And just not letting anything go. And then whenever anyone tries to have an adult conversation about her behavior and how it makes other people feel... She starts doing, well, I'm I'm really glad you brought this up because that made me feel terrible. And it's like really manipulative. Mm. And having watched it for many years on Rooney um, and now watching it play out with people outside of her circle who are less tolerant of her is very interesting. I'm really enjoying Tamara from Real Housewives of Orange County, which I've never watched. Um, So that's been fun. Vicky Gumbelson is just coughing all over the place and then talking about how she's an anti-vaxxer and they're talking about getting the vaccine and she's going, follow the money. That's all I'm saying. Follow the money. And they're all like, we, the vaccine's free. But there are two wives from Atlanta, which I've only watched the first season of in fall and a bit of the second season. That was one of my lockdown projects that I didn't finish. 
But um, Phaedra is very fun. And then her friend Eva, who was on America's Next Top Model. Oh, like an early season? Yes. Remember Eva with like the kind of like blue green steel. She's like a black woman with like kind of like steel gray eyes. Wait, I'm going to find a photo. Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip is fun because they fully break the fourth wall. And so you're watching them all meet each other for the first time on screen. But they're talking about the shows that they've watched each other on. And Brandy watches all of the Housewives shows. Of course. But she's also saying to Eva, like, I loved you on Top Model. Oh. Oh, yes. I Yes, I do recognize. Yeah, Eva. Kind Eva and Tyra. And she's just a joy. She talks about how her husband's really good and, like, looking – not looking after, but, like, you know, is at home with her kids while she's there. And Brandy calls him a mangina. Mm. And it's brandy. It's bad. She's brandying out all over the place. (laughs) Um, They describe Jill Zarin as um, walking QVC because she walks into every room and is like, do you need a rolling rack? I've got heat. You can get them on Amazon. They're $25. You can take your clothes anywhere. Rolling rack. She's just always on the sell. Jill Zarin, always selling. But they just announced Real Housewives Ultimate Girl Strip season three today. And the cast is from New York, Leah and Tinsley. Oh, good. From Salt Lake City, Heather and Whitney. Good. Yeah. Weather, they call them, I think is their cousin couple name. <laughs> From Potomac, Giselle and Candace. Oh, God, that is. It's going to be amazing. And then from Miami, which I don't watch, Marisol and Alexis, which apparently is great. I also don't watch that one. Mm. It's mm. on the list. Okay. I think it's something like four seasons, three or four All right. seasons. All right. Well, I look forward to your updates. I'm going to give them, baby. <laughs> what else is, has been on your TV? Well, remember how a couple of episodes ago I was talking about Stranger Things and how it ends at the end of season four? Yeah. I was incorrect and it ends at season five. Stop. <laughs> and the last couple of episodes of season four – just came out uh, just last week. They did a two-part penultimate season. Yes. Apparently it's entirely pandemic-related and that was not what they wanted or intended to do. Okay. And so season five won't do that. Season five is going to drop all at once. Okay. But probably in like 18 years or something. This final part of season four was such a kind of like fanfare was around it, right? And they're like movie-length episodes. Yeah, they're very long. Mm. I loved them. (laughs) I loved it so much. I thought it was a great final drop of these two eps. It really genuinely feels like they're heading towards something. Like they really Mm. have built up the story in a very good way. Like it's a lot is happening and I really enjoy everything that's happening on it. Can you tell me anything that's happening that isn't spoilery? I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. I'm Um, sure most people listening have have watched seen it. Season, know, have watched Stranger Things. I'm going to, I think, because you've made me reconsider it, I guess. Essentially, this one is about the origins of L11 oh. and her time in that weird facility. Facility. Uh-huh, with no hair. Mm-hmm. And just bleeding all over the place. The thing that happened that made her escape from there in the first place. So that is where we're kind of heading to. So what is the reason behind all of this trauma for this character? Mm. And it goes into really, well, for me, unexpected places that I, during like the the course of the season, which I really enjoyed, this season is getting some unfair criticism, I think, Mm. that there are too many new characters like entering the fray and why and how are we supposed to care about all these new people? But I actually think in (laughs) my empathy is finite. (laughs) No, it's it's not like and just like that where there's suddenly like four new best friends or something. Yeah. We're like, who are these bitches? But in this you really all add something very new to like the energy of the show, Mm -hmm. I think. Uh, this one character, Eddie, particularly, I love him. I've seen a lot about Eddie. Great character. Okay. The other thing that is the backbone of this season is the rise of moralism and satanic panic in the USA oh, of in course. the 80s. There are like town hall meetings from the parents and like the police about how to stop these demon loving kids, mm. you know? And I just adore that side of things. 
that is such a fun way to weave in because I imagine Stranger Things is so fantastical that I can't imagine the real world seeps in all that often. Like I doubt they're having, you know, mentioning Ronald Reagan or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it just like is these tiny bits kind of enter in and that's really great. Um, and if you like me have just finished it and now need to wait for X amount of years for the next one, I've got some satanic panic CLSOs. Oh, that's such a Can good you hear idea. Me, like lighting up when I talk about satanic <laughs> panic. It's like yum, yum, yum. Yum, yum, yum. Um, so see also satanic panics. There is a documentary that came out a couple of years ago called Hail Satan, question mark. And it's not about satanic panic, but it's actually about contemporary Satanists and the rise of uh, the satanic temple. And it's a really great look at this group of people who are essentially activists who are using moralism and religious conservatism in the States to form their own religious group, the satanic temple, and protest various things. Mm. It's really, really fun and cheeky and excellent. And that's streaming on Stan and Docplay. And there's also a really excellent documentary from maybe eight years ago called West of Memphis. I remember watching this. Yeah. It was about the West Memphis Three. There's also a documentary from 1996 about them called Paradise Lost, the child murders at Robin Hood Hills. And then there was a follow-up called Paradise Lost Two. And it follows the case of the West Memphis three kids who loved metal Mm. who basically got done for killing this child. And it's all about the court case and how they were released. Spoiler, they've been released. Yeah. People like Eddie Vedder got really into it. Yes. Eddie Vedder was a big presence in this documentary, right? I remember him popping up and laughing. Yeah. Yeah. And then realizing that like, Oh, yeah, Pearl Jam and that era. Pearl Jam wasn't like the music your dad listened to at the time. It was like the music that, you know, these kind of long-haired boys who got in trouble, yeah. you know, associated with. So that one is available to rent online at all of the usual places. But that one ends, one of the later scenes is one of the main guys. He goes shopping at my favorite witch shop in the East Village in New York. And I was like, oh. Is this Damien Eccles? I just thought of it like a little C also that connects the dead don't die and the West Memphis three a little while ago, just going down a Chloe seven year Google hole, as I like to do, I came across this article on the New York times where they interview, I don't know if it's, it's a series called the story of a thing. And the headline is Chloe seven years, most prized and unlikely possession. And it's like photographed her and her incredible, massive New York city apartment. She just is like taking down this tiny little bird sculpture off a shelf, which she bought, I think at an auction or was given it by Damien Eccles and he made it while he was on death row. And she talks about how, when she was getting out of high school and the start of the early, you know, in the early nineties, she became kind of fixated on the West Memphis three case and it exposed her to like, you know, injustices in the criminal system in America and one day she, she says, I was getting off the N or the R train at 8th Street and I see this guy and I yelled, Damien. And he looked at me and I, I just started crying. And then she walked around with him and they like hung out in Manhattan together. And she's like, what sensory overload it must be to like come out of prison and be in New York City. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I really want to see Southwest of Salem, the story of the San Antonio Four. That's on my list to watch. Mm. Any other TV up tos? I have recently watched and really enjoyed I Love That For You. I really want to see this. It's just so delightful. It's like really well written, a really tight little series of television. Um, it's co-created by Vanessa Bayer from SNL and uh, her director, Jeremy Baylor, or co-creator. I think he's directed some episodes. Vanessa Bayer plays Joanna Gold, who as a child had leukemia and became kind of fixated on uh, like a home shopping network type of TV station called SVN, the Special Value Network. She recovers from her illness and then grows up kind of in that little cotton ball zone with her parents where they treat her really delicately because she was a sick child. She doesn't get to have a lot of experiences, I guess. She's quite a naive adult. And then she gets a job at SVN. And in order to keep her job or keep from being fired from her dream job, 
she pretends that she still has cancer and gets this kind of like sympathy role, I guess, where they give her a nicer dressing room and people are like always being really nice to her because they think she's sick. And in the middle of it all is Vanessa Bayer with her like elastic rubbery face and enormous smile and like just the strangest little affectations. Like she kind of says something embarrassing and like swallows the sounds in her mouth. And it's just so funny. Like she was one of my favorite SNL cast members, her impressions of Miley Cyrus and like Jacob, the little bar mitzvah boy, are like very present in this performance as Joanna. And it also features Molly Shannon. Love. Dream. And um, Matt Rogers from Las Culturistas and um, Fire Island, who is playing the assistant of the head of the network, who wants to make it very clear. I am not just like the sassy gay assistant. You have to take me seriously. He is very obsessed with an invitation that he has to go to the Hamptons to Graydon Carter's barn warming party, um, which is a recurring (laughs) mention in the series. And it's just so funny every time. The title reminds me of the comeback that kind of I love that for you, like that phony Hollywood kind of shit. And some really great comedy directors behind the scenes, like um, Desiree Akhavan did a few episodes of Appropriate Behaviour and The Bisexual fame. I loved the show The Bisexual. She's just so good. Yeah, I feel like not enough people saw that show. I had never heard of it until a couple of years ago, and I only just recently realised it's on stand because I never saw it either. I loved Appropriate Behaviour. I did an interview with her for my old zine and got a call very early on. And that is how I learned that your phone will stop recording if you get a call. And so I lost a 40-minute interview. And then she came back a couple of days later and did a second interview with me. So she gets a gold star in my book. Michael Showalter did some episodes. Jesse Klein and Sudi Green are on the writing staff. It's just like so many great people behind the scenes of this show. Super group. Truly a super group. Cool. I cannot wait. Yeah. It's going to be airing on Paramount Plus like – any minute now surely there's only eight episodes and it's like a perfect binge show like I wanted to watch them all in one go what else have you been watching well I watched the reboot of a little show called Queer as Folk (gasps) the new uh, Daniel version of it Daniel maybe I don't know Um, I guess so I'm not one oh neither am I so Queer as Folk the original British series premiered in 1999 And then there was a US version that was started in 2000 uh, and it's created by Russell T Davies, who's also done this one. He made a very English scandal. Do you remember that? It was like a Mm. mini series starring Hugh Grant and Ben Whishaw. I remember hearing about it. I never watched it It was quite fun. It was quite fun. But he made It's a Sin, which a lot of people Uh. very much connected with over the last couple of years. It's a very beautiful series about the AIDS crisis in England. And this reboot is very like right now, you know, like there's the whole... There's a whole lot of shows being rebooted or new episodes coming out and they're all like, we are going to use as many Twitter words as possible. Mm. Um, And that is what this show is doing. And I found it very grating at first, but then uh, it became like a very fun soap opera watch. Like you have to remember, like the original series was also a full on soap opera. Okay. Like this isn't really doing anything. Like it's not a different version of it as such. It's just like an updated version of it. Yeah. And this one's set in New Orleans. A tragedy occurs in the first episode. Okay. It's in the trailers. It's fine. Um, it's a, there's a sh- fatal shooting at mm-hmm. a gay nightclub and we see how that affects many of the characters through the rest of the series. Um, and it's very, it's very much based on the, Pulse nightclub shooting. Mm -hmm. This one has a lot of, a lot of cis gay men in it, of course, (laughs) partying. Um, They're the foundation of the community. Aren't they just? I mean, that's what what the show is aimed at. Yeah. But uh, Kim Cattrall and Juliette Lewis are also in it. That's right. Playing the mums of some gay kids. Uh, But yeah, look, it is an incredibly, incredibly melodramatic show, if that's what you want. A friend of mine texted me, just said, there are a lot of unsolicited blowjobs in this. So if Fire Island was your thing, but you want it a little more up than that, this is your show. And weekly. Yes. And the first episode features a pretty great drag performance set to 
a scene from the craft. So look, they really know their audience. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's oh my like God. lip syncing to Nancy from the craft. Fuck. That's, that's so pretty good. good. That's pretty good. Yeah. So I liked that. And in, uh, I guess it's like contractual at this point, but Meg Stolter does appear. I mean, she's got her. She's a dinner party guest. And you're like, <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go. What's she going to say? That's good. Something good. Yeah. There are two pretty good pop culture things within Queer as Folk, mm-hmm. within the reboot. There is a great use of a Dorinda meme that she's starting. Oh, my God. It is used very well. Wow. And also one of the best characters in the show uh, who's a trans woman who is dealing with the idea of being a parent, she in one scene goes to watch the L Word Generation Q and says... Like, it's better than I expected. And I thought, well, that's a cute little queer wink <laughs> yeah. in, the, in the show. So, look, it's not great. I'm not saying it's great, but better than you expected. It's time for Also Also's. This is our little recommendation segment at the end of every episode. Jinxie, what's your first one? My first one is a listen also, but it's also like a background also. It's a website called Noisly. Oh. I've been using it for many years, like so many years that I don't know when it entered my life. And I'll be very sad when it exits. Uh, (laughs) It doesn't have to exit. I guess it doesn't. We don't know. We don't know. It's a fantastic website where you can have I'm a free user, but you can buy a pro account. You can select all sorts of different background sounds to play and you can up the levels on all of them. So there's one that's like. And you can save playlists, which is the best thing. You can select a little moon icon and then cicadas will come in or like a tree icon and then it will be like birds in the trees. And so you can select all these things like a fan or like a babbling brook, things like that. Mm. But the sounds are very like, and I've used a lot of these sort of background noise apps and they all sound really fake. And this is the first one that I've ever found that sounds real mm. and it is it really transports you, BL, really mm. transports you. As a free user, I only get 1.5 hours of it a day. Okay. But I find that that is good to use it really wisely. It's like doing Pomodoro where you only get, where you have to work for 25 minutes, Yeah, you know, and then you get the little. You're like, this ding. is my background noise time. Absolutely. So you just pick one task that you need to concentrate fully for an hour and a half and you play it in the background for that moment and sort of breaks up your day. Mm, I have a watch also. It's the new comedy special by John Early and Kate Ballant, Would It Kill You to Laugh? It's directed by Andrew DeYoung, who they've made many, many projects with before. He behind 555, their Vimeo special a few years ago. Loved that. Special series of shorts. Anyway, it's free to watch on Vimeo now. They've taken it out from behind the paywall it was under. These two are just such delights. Every time you see them on screen, they have a real kind of, uh, uh, it takes two kind of dynamic, you know, like they did a variety interview where they, where they really kind of discussed what it is like to be a part of a comedy duo where there are so many performers who work independently that they kind of find their dynamic with one another. They also talked a lot in this interview about the absolute absence of sexual tension between them and how their favorite joke is Kate pretending to hit on John, (laughs) Um, which, you know, my closest gay male friend and I, as everyone did, I think, tried our hand at making some web shorts at one point in the past. And the premise of it was like, I was the straight woman in love with her gay best friend. (laughs) Where can we see? How is this? Is this streaming? Is this on binge? I mean, I made them like 12 years ago. I can't even, I wouldn't even know anymore. The special is about 50 minutes long. It's some of the sketches are completely independent of one another. Some of them link together into this long story. It's just such a joy. John Early said in this Variety interview that it's set in a place where the whole world is sort of turned up in the sense that beavers are people. It's a world where hot caramel is currency. I need to see it. It's so great. I think it will be streaming very soon. It's from Peacock in the US if you're 
not in Australia. My next one is a kind of obvious one. Like, mm. I'm surprised that we haven't said it before, mm. but it relates to my decadent weekend. So Sense of Self is a very beautiful bathing spa wellness space that mm-hmm. opened up in Collingwood just before lockdowns. Yeah, it was a long time coming and then it got stunted by lots of lockdowns. Yeah, and I feel like many of us were gifted vouchers to it and then as soon as it opened up again, we all flooded them with our requests and, of course, we can't all get in at the one time. So at the moment it takes quite a few months to get a massage appointment unless you happen to get, like, someone drops out and you manage to slide in like I did on the weekend But they have a really beautiful bathing space and it is very easy to get into. You can book it online, you know, for almost all days. Weekends are a little harder, but it's a really, it's a really beautiful space. It's perfectly designed. I have completely designed holidays based around bathing before. Do love a nude bathing situation. Sense of self though is all genders, all bodies. And so you wear your swimmers, except for nude night. There is a nude night on the weekends. But this was great. I had mm. a beautiful, beautiful time. I told you this when you were going, that I have only been to the bathing house once before and I did it wrong. I didn't realize that you have to sit in the warm pool and then get out and kind of do the cool shock and then get back in. Like it's a real process to bathe. I just thought I had to get my money's worth because you book it for two hours. So I sat in the hot water by myself. I just went alone for as long as I could, which ended up being like 45 minutes. And um, I've got to go back. I've got to recorrect because I did it wrong. I came out and I was so sweaty and hot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There is like a real way to do it. Yeah. And so, you know, you, you've given like a lovely little robe and some slippers and a fluffy towel and uh, the space is just really thoughtful. Mm. The lighting is perfect. The plants are perfect. The, the little tea and fruits that you can eat when you exactly. get out to rehydrate. It's so good. Yeah. But yeah, you want to have the hot bath and then get out into the plunge pool, have the shower, go to the steam room, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like a circuit, but it's not at the gym. Yeah. So yeah. if you can't get into wet on Wellington, go to Sensitive. <laughs> I have another organized also after last week. I did a lot of organizing going on over here. This is a digital organization tool. It's an app called Get Sorted. Um, and basically the premise is that it it links itself to your photo roll, your camera roll, and it categorizes all of your photos based on year and then by month. And you can pick any random month in all the years that you have taken photos. It is kind of like Tinder, I guess, in that you, you, it just shows you one photo or video at a time and you can say, keep or delete, keep or delete. And you can like swipe up or down and then it gives you little daily challenges. It's like, go through 50 photos today. That's your challenge. And if you're on a roll, if you're like me, just like sitting in front of the TV, watching something you've watched before or watching the Carrie Diaries, you can just kind of like go through a few hundred photos at a time. And then once you've cleared off a whole month, it lets you just delete them all and then you have just several thousand photos out of your camera roll. I'm a compulsive screenshot taker. Oh, me there too. are screenshots of articles that I was like, I'm going to remember to look at this and then go and read it from like 2013 in my camera roll. I'm getting rid of them. I think that is good. My last one is, God, this is bougie as all hell. I'm really like as if I'm like making up the last week's app or something. <laughs> oh God, I kind of hate myself a little bit. I'm excited to hear what it is. <laughs> it's the morning market tahini granola beer. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I know. I hate myself. I know. <laughs> Andrew McConnell sponsored the pod. <laughs> Look, morning market. I only go, I've only ever been to the one on Gertrude Street. Is there more than one? Yeah, there's one in Pran. Pran. Kate, we're not going to Pran. No, we're not going to Pran. Sorry to listeners in Pran. Tell us something to do there and then we'll go. Pran market, end oh, of yeah, list. Oh, yeah, that's good. I had a really good Various situation markets, Morning market, Pran market. I feel like I spent so much time in Pran in the 90s. I don't really need to do it anymore. When I first moved to Melbourne in 2008, I was very into Aussie hip hop. And I would make the trip to Pran specifically to go to Obese Records to buy oh. Hilltop Hood CDs. Very cool. 
Very cool. Correct. That's the that's the description <laughs> for it. I used to go to Gravel Records. I was very into Gravel Records as a nineties teen. Gravel Records is still great. Owned by Warwick, a devoted Tigers supporter. Anyway, I'm going to bet <laughs> you Tahini. <laughs> I go to the Collingwood Money Market sometimes for a little treat. Their granola is so good. It should not be this delicious. Mm. I don't know what it is about it. Sugar? It's very savoury, actually, and that's why okay. I like it. I guess it's the tahini in it. I've looked at the ingredients. All the usual suspects are in there, but it all together, it is very delicious. Mm. Look, I honestly think that a good granola is hard to find. Most of them are either not crispy enough, not clumpy enough too desserty, mm. you know, so if you find a good one. But I also love granola as an adjective and I love crunchy as an adjective. Me too. But I would love to make my own granola. I've tried a few. I've never found a good one. If anyone has like the best granola recipe, please share. I make my own granola because I have never eaten one that's better than the one that I make. Maybe I'll make you some. Yeah, please make me some then. Yeah. And I'll get you the morning market tahini granola and you can see how they compare. We can do a taste test on mm. Mike. Oh, Just God. crunching. <laughs> My last one is a read also. It is a book that I finished maybe an hour ago. It's called This Time Tomorrow by Emma Straub. I absolutely inhaled this book. It's Emma Straub is a novelist whose work that I just really love. She has a very approachable, comforting way of writing and her characters always feel like very real, very present and she, I remember listening to her on the Cherry Bomb podcast years ago, where they talked about how she communicates who her characters are and what they're all about through food a lot of the time. That's neither here nor there. She grew up uh, like he's a born and raised New Yorker. So the way that she writes about New York City is also very specific and very lived in. And this book in particular takes place on a part of New York I had never heard of before. It's called Pomander Walk, Pomander, which is kind of this little replica German storybook village that is based on, I think, the set of a play that was set in a real life German town. So it's this kind of like version of a version, replica of a replica, like time warpy kind of place. And there is this like magical realist bent to this book that I have not experienced in Emma Straub's other novels. It basically tells the story of this woman called Alice who is approaching her 40th birthday. Her father's in hospital dying and she has a boyfriend who she doesn't really want to be with. Um, she's working at the high school where she went to school as in admissions. Um, so she's kind of just feeling a little, a little stuck and a little sad and she goes out and gets a bit too drunk on her 40th birthday and she wakes up in bed the morning of her 16th birthday with her father in his 40s. Her father, I should add, also is a novelist, just as Emma Straub's real-life father is a novelist, and he, in the book, is uh, famous for having written a kind of back-to-the-future-esque time loop book series. So she's kind of stuck in this weird world that she kind of knows a lot about. There's references to 13 going on 30 and and Back to the Future and all of this. Um, so it's a little Russian dolly in the like birthday time jumping element of it, but also just like the very real idea of like, you know, thinking you can make the right choices to set your life on the quote unquote right path and like how that is ultimately a fool's errand. There is no such thing. This sounds really good. It's really lovely. I cried so much in it and I absolutely inhaled it. I read it in like four days. Okay. Because I, I haven't loved her other novels. I love her bookshop. Books her, are magic. Her bookshop is brilliant. But this is uh, speaking my language. Yeah. Okay. It's, not, it's not my favorite of her books. I think Modern Lovers and um, The Vacationers are my favorites. But yeah, it's really sweet. Well, thanks for listening to See Also, if you liked it please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star review. Why not? Why not? What else are you going to do? You can follow See Also Podcast on Instagram. Please tell your friends about it. Share the show. Um, Thanks, as always, to Samuel Hodge for our beautiful artwork and Harvey Sutherland for our original theme music. See you next week. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.